Welcome to Humanly, the podcast providing allied health and integrative medicine practitioners with the most up-to-date, evidence-based and clinically relevant information. This podcast is a melting pot of ideas on health and well-being and does not replace the advice of your primary healthcare professional. Here's your host, Daniel Reuters. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Humanly. My name's Daniel Reuters, and today I'm joined by Dr. Penima Siddhanta. She's an Ayurvedic specialist and wellness consultant with over 20 years' experience. Welcome, Dr. Penima. Thank you so much for coming along. Thank you, Daniel, and thank you for inviting me over and uh, giving me this opportunity. I'm really excited to have you on the podcast, actually, Dr. Penima, and um, it was really nice uh, the way that we actually connected it was a colleague of ours who introduced us and they were saying that you've got some really wonderful insights into ayurvedic medicine and that uh, you know having someone like yourself come onto the podcast and help educate people about what ayurvedic medicine is and how it can help people uh, i believe is really important because up until about two or three nights ago uh, until we actually had our first conversation, I didn't really know very much about Ayurvedic medicine. So would you be able to explain a little bit about the basics of Ayurvedic medicine and what got you into it in the first place? Yes, uh, I'm very excited to uh, to share the knowledge because Ayurveda is something which is uh, with India, uh, Indian system of medicine since ages and it is something that is in our blood, but it's confined not only to medicine, it is confined to each and every human being and it belongs to world. So that's, uh, and I, I really thank you and my colleague who introduced me to you uh, for uh, just taking this out and sharing it with people. And as you already said, that Ayurveda is something which talks about um uh, people who want to have wellness in their lives. So Ayurveda basically is a science which tells us how much and how long and uh, uh, what are the things that you can do that enhances your life's, uh, lifespan. So what it says in a basic shloka, the importance and the motto of Ayurveda is, I'll, I'll say that shloka first and then I'll elaborate. Is it okay? Absolutely. Oh, wonderful. So the shloka goes like that. Hita hitam sukham dukham ayustasse hita hitam manam chat yatcha tatroktam ayurveda sah uchyate. Which means hita hitam sukham dukham. What is good? What is bad? What is happy? What is sad? What is for you? What is not for you? Manam chataccha yatroktam. Which means the measurement of which is said in which shlo, in which verse and in which science that is what ayurveda sah uchyate that is what ayurveda is so what is good for you what is not good for you and what makes you happy what makes you sad it is you who have to decide and it is you who have to choose that how much is enough and how much is too much for you and the science that tells you that to make your life good life is what ayurveda is it's such a strong and powerful message yes. i've never heard such a, a amazing um saying attached to a form of medicine yes. i guess we've got similar things like that with naturopathic medicine we've got um uh, things like doser which is doctor is teacher and we've got um primum non nocere, which is first do no harm. So yes. we do have um, things like that. Is that similar to what you were just talking about there? Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, it's a similar type of thing. Yes. So the thing is that Ayurveda is a basic science. Like it started from when we were also not there in existence, maybe, the sages and before that. That's what we say in Ayurveda. So it, it came from somewhere which is very divine in its origin. And human being only got it after it was completely formed. That's how it is um, explained in Ayurveda. So which means Ayurveda and all these traditional sciences, medical sciences, they are the basis of all these uh, modern and conventional things that we hear now. 
and as coming to naturopathy i don't see a difference if i tell you uh, honestly it's just another form of understanding right do no harm to anyone is is our basic so uh, it's it's something which which goes hand in hand it, it it each other with each other maybe so that's how i see it and it is the original form of medicine isn't it because i'm sure if you looked back for an original well, where was the first place that medicine was born? Mm-hmm. Um, if someone asked me to put money on it, I would probably say India and I would probably say Ayurvedic medicine is the oldest form. I am so proud of my uh, medical science that originated in India and uh, I'm proud of uh, telling you that, yes. But the science which we have, uh, uh, but the history says that, yes, Ayurveda is one of the uh, ancient most ancient sciences that we developed in on earth but there are also uh, chinese people like chinese traditional medicine that also comes egyptian medicine that also comes in same line so yes ayurveda may be little uh, the basic of it which where it started but uh, i would not take away the pride from all these other systems also because traditional medicine basically pertains to the land when the land was not like how we see together now, there were people living and they were developing their own things. So I would not take the pride out of them. But yes, to my knowledge, uh, Ayurveda is the most ancient that I see. So after all that time mm-hmm. uh, that Ayurvedic medicine's been around, there's been obviously many people who've studied it and many people who've practiced it yes. and fine-tuned the practice itself to a point where you're able to get some quite uh, interesting results with your clients, aren't you? Yes, yes. So they started with the herbs and then uh, as we go into the history of Ayurveda, so it started on Himalayas and then from there they got the medication and then it spread throughout the India from north to south. And then each region has its own herbs that we know, right? So this science... Uh, says basics and then it uh, takes all the virtues of the land available the herbs are taken the spices are taken people are taken right into consideration and then this this thing developed this uh, into a medical system that we know today so there are many people many practices many experiences uh, many evidences that were uh, uh, imbibed and then this system became the system that we know today. So indeed, it is something which started from uh, the basics and uh, and then they developed surgery also. And there are uh, evidences in history that the surgeries were done there without having uh, proper uh, operation theatres like we have today. But then it was it was done. And then uh, slowly it, it, it gathered knowledge, not only Ayurveda, then it came from all over the world once people started moving around in the world. So this knowledge came and it traveled and it became better. Yeah, that's what it is. And there's also there's many aspects to Ayurvedic medicine. So you've mentioned the herbs and the food, but there's also so much more um, with the mind-body connection, isn't there? Absolutely. You know, I'm studying Ayurveda for 20 years now. And you would be amazed to know that I have to study every day. And every day I find something, okay, I miss this. How can I miss this once I'm reading every day? 20 years and still I'm reading. It's, it's, it's enormous. So what it says is the basic uh, of Ayurveda's uh, basics are when, when we talk about the as I said in the shlok, hita hitam sukham dukham. How do you know that this is good for you or this is bad for you? Or your body is happy or your body is sad? So what Ayurveda says is that there are three things that are the basic tripods of life. So Ayurveda talks about uh, tridosha, which is vata, pitta and kapha. So vata is the air part of the body, right? So air moves all along the body. Pitta is the fire part of the body, which is the metabolism of the body and how the things are digested in the body. And Kapha is the retainer of the body, which means all the mucous membranes and synovial membranes that retain the membranes and the membrane structure inside is 
kafa so all these three they uh, uh, they control somehow that how your body will feel once you do something now the base of these three comes from pancha mahabhuta pancha mahabhuta is how our body is made up of so our body is made up of as per ayurveda uh, earth air uh, fire water and empty spaces akash bhumi rapu anal jal akash so these are five things that body is made up of and these are three doshas that change the uh, constituency of all these things so if you do something which is not for your body one of these doshas will change and dosha means dushyate aneniti dosha which means the factors that tell you that okay this is something which will cause disease these are three doshas so when we do something which is for our body and we eat something one of these doshas goes off we get the symptoms sounds interesting bro so many similarities there with chinese medicine so yes. you're mentioning the earth and the air and fire and water yeah i can i can see that there are some similarities for sure yes. now you can see why i was saying that i will not take the pride of their <laughs> lands <laughs> yeah but yeah it just goes to show how how um close those streams of medicine once were it sounds like they've evolved from almost the same thing um yes. quite possibly from sharing those same underlying principles yes because the underlying principle is again how the energies of the body Uh, are uh, used right we are a form of energy right as einstein says we are the energies which are with mass and speed of light multiplied right we are masses hmm. right so we are a form and when the ancient knowledge started maybe they were all together or maybe they developed it as per uh, land but there are some similarities and there are some dissimilarities so in chinese there is metal and wood also involved but ayurveda is basically a spiritual innate science so it doesn't go on to metal or wood it talks about how your body is made and how it is changed and it's only talking about the elements that make up the body so that's why they're not yes. necessarily incorporating yeah. things like metal and wood okay yes. yeah it makes sense yeah, makes sense right so if someone comes into you with a specific condition Mm-hmm. Are you looking at providing them an overall um holistic type of intervention where you provide diet advice, lifestyle advice, advice around mindfulness and um changing your way of thinking? Are you providing all of that in one sort of consultation or is it about building relationships with the client and doing small bits uh over a period of time? How does the Ayurvedic model work? Yes so ayurvedic model can work in both ways there is one way that i do and there is other way that actually is done so there are two ways one way is when i uh, when a normal uh, ayurveda consultation is done you go to the doctor the doctor takes care of your uh, daily routine and then he he sees your pulse and then he sees what type of body it is like is it vata is it pat pitta or is it kapha and as per the uh, persistence of the symptoms what is it that is in imbalance so the basic thing in uh, understanding a, in a doctor and patient uh, setup is what is the imbalance so what we do is we do find that imbalance and make herbs and medicines and food references to pertaining to that particular imbalance and then we see that okay this is how this uh, uh, this is how you should be eating this is how you should be having your herbs and these are the things that you can take these are the things you can't take this is the basic ayurveda consultation uh, which is for medical purposes but what i do is i don't go in one setup in one setting because i understand and i believe that ayurveda has so much more to give rather than giving food and herbs it has much more it is a transformation that we it is suggesting to go through if some imbalance is there in the body so yes for me uh, first uh, consultation is about understanding definitely the conventional way which is understanding the imbalance 
through questioning and through uh, going through the lifestyle in detail, going through what they do, how they do it, what is their state of mind, everything in uh, in there, which is uh, which is taken care of, and then this consultation is done. And then after 15, 20 days, when I have given them some herb and I have given them some recommendation, I ask them, do you find that you are ready to change? Or how how more much more do you want to go through this? Do you find that this this belongs to you? If the answer is yes, then I have many more things to do, which we can now discuss. But I hope this uh, answers your question. Yeah, it's also brought up a couple of other questions as well. <laughs> so you mentioned that uh, someone might be vata or pitta or a kapha body type. So mm-hmm. what would each of those body types look like or how would they present so uh, uh, when we talk about doshas they with the pancha mahabhutas this is a composition of pancha mahabhutas in body so vata is something which is uh, which is mobile people who are very energetic uh, sometimes as air the qualities of air you can see how air is it's not seen but it's everywhere right and it gets up heated uh, very fast and it is cooled also very fast right and air moves if air stops we feel uh, suffocated right so that's how vata people are and that's how uh, vata dosha is so vata dosha uh, dons the body it is the main characteristic of body and it is mobile it uh, it is there's a nice shloka which which tells what vata is so it says pitah pangu kafah pangu pangavo maldhatavah Vayuna yatra niyante tatra gachanti meghavat. So, which means that, uh, which I uh, I didn't I would uh, now like to mention that this is a correct place to mention mention the other things that along with Panchmahabhuta and Tridosha, body is made up of seven more things, which these doshas change. Right. So these. Things are innate tissues that I will uh, discuss maybe uh, after this, once I explain this, what these things are. So these seven things, they are changed with uh, uh, how we, how our lifestyle, how our thinking and how our day-to-day life is. So vata changes everything. Pittaha pangu, kafaha pangu, which means the Pittaha, the fire part of the body, kafaha, the water part of the body, the mucus part of the body has no legs. It is moved by vata. Pangavo maldhatavaha, which means the dhatus, the inner tissues and mal, the excrements of the body, they all are having no limbs. All are moved by vataha. Vayuna yatra niyante tatra gachanti meghavat. Like as the uh, clouds are moved by air, all these things in the body are moved by vata. Does this make sense? Right. So is it like the chi of the body? Chi of the body. But our chi, Ayurveda Uh, chi, is made up of all three. Right. Okay. So it's not just one of those. Not one. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. But the movement part is vata. You uh, because uh, what we were trying to explain here is what is the characteristics of vata. So vata yes. is like that. It's the movement. So if I stop the movement of vata in your intestines, the person will be constipated. Right. Right. Like that. Makes so sense. if I move the movement of uh, if I stop the movement of vata in your nostrils you're going to, you know what the consequences will be, right? So if I Absolutely. take... Absolutely, you're going to suffocate, yeah. Yes. So the first thing when you take, someone is born, is does is takes vata, right? You breathe. So that's, that's how right. vata is the uh, main constituents of this and this, consti- this constitutes the greatest part of all three doshas. Pittaha, pittaha is... Uh, again, the metabolic part of the body, the fire, the fire, wherever you have energy exchange, like you eat food and it is digested. That is the work of Pitta. You see something and that comes to your eyes and it changes into a light, right? And you see that thing, quantum energy, right? That is Pitta. 
So this is how pitta is the fire part of the body. So it digests and it metabolizes everything. The bright colors are pitta. So if you can see from here that fire part, people who are uh, very, very angry all the time, but very intelligent also because they catch things very fast, right? So pitta people, so what we say in normal languages, like your pitta is high because you are shouting so much, like vata and pitta both gone high, right? Because you're shouting, your, your sound is high. So pitta people are like very intelligent, very good looking, but they are uh, angry also sometimes. What so, a combination. <laughs> You can see how interesting it is. So you can understand when I see people what I see. <laughs> so that's what the consultation is all about. Opposite to this, kapha is because it is the retainer of the body. So all the cold membranes, mucous membranes, your uh, um, secretions, lymphatic secretions, right? All of these are kapha of the body. And since it is the retainer, the kapha people, they are the people who will be little towards chubby side with slow metabolism and they will be quite lazy in their thought process, in their, uh, in how they act. You will say, them, tell them to do something, they'll say, okay, fine, I'll do it. But since kapha is the retainer of the body, they are intelligent also. So intelligence also the humors of the brain. Right, so that also is kapha. So this is how these three doshas uh, don the body; they work the body inside out. That's how it looks. And then I'm assuming that the medicines that you provide to someone, they would have, they would either be vata or pitta or kapha, right? So you can use them to balance. Yes, that's what it is. Interesting, and that's exactly how you would come up with your dietetic therapy. You yes. would look at what is. More, most predominant in that person and then they need to eat more of a certain type of food to bring one of those um, vata pitra kapha up or down to maintain homeostasis yes that is the basics that is the basics but when you go into ayurveda there's so much that we will go on talking on this and i will each thing has its five parts so there are five kinds of vatas five kinds of pittas five kinds of Kaffas in the body, right? And then each medicine, each herb has its guna. So uh, has its, uh, uh, again, the medicine itself has its own doshas also, right? So like uh, if you give someone um, honey and you give honey and you give butter also together, clarified butter, ghee, in equal amounts, right? So if how would you say it's, uh, if you if I give you ghee and honey together? Now Ayurveda says that together ghee and honey is not done. It's not a good idea. Okay, interesting. Yeah. And so, why, why do they say that? Because in equal parts, ghee and honey together in equal parts they act as poison. Really? Yes. See. <laughs> But if you took them separately, they may have a beneficial effect. Yes. Separately, they are very good. They have their own uh, calming. Uh, ghee is vata calming. And uh, uh, honey is yogvahi. Yogvahi means the thing that carries everything with it. So what happens is, since honey is yogvahi, it will go into every channel. And since ghee is like uh, vata and calming, so it will calm down everything, make it... Uh, 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 you know, uh, make it like moving into every channel and they will clog the channel. And the energy channels of the body will be clogged. This is one spoon I said, but if I give you, give, if someone takes it in, in a large quantity, you can see that every channel of the body will be clogged. And then you know how it is. The metabolism will go down. So that's, that's that acts right. as poison. So, and we don't have anything like that in Western medicine. Yes. Where we, where we talk about what happens when foods combine, what's the end product. Yes. We never consider that. Exactly. That is why uh, I really want people to understand that in this era of 
nutrition uh, advices and where everyone knows uh, whatsapp is a big university right you boost your immunity you do this you do that everything is easily available through internet through many sources right but these are the things that still are to be taken care of because it's after all it's a human body the body has has been polluted since when these medicines were um, when these medicines emerged from then to now so maybe when if then the is results were less now it will be more when you were talking about the fact that you will send a patient away and wait for them to come back after a certain period of time yes and find out from them are you ready to change yes and if they say yes mm-hmm. then there's one course of treatment but if they say no mm-hmm. are there things that you can do to help them to get onto the right track or is it just a matter of time until they're ready yes so that is what uh, i believe in transformation i already told you uh, transformation is something when you give time so in this part uh, ayurveda also says so uh, when we talk about a doctor and a patient so there are few characteristics uh, described in a patient when a doctor chooses a patient so there is this part also so the doctor chooses the patient whether he wants to treat it or not is one part but also the patient is ready or not so if the patient is not ready we do the basics like okay if you want don't want to like change your diet and your this uh, your exercising pattern or how you see the world or you want to do it small okay fine wonderful we respect that so what we do is we give herbs to support and few changes that okay don't uh, eat something these things you don't eat other than that you can do whatever you want so like that they are supported so yes i never leave patients unsupported in any point of time the person who comes in my contact if he wants i am with them always like that so holding hand i that day also i discussed with you holding hand hand is something my uh, my um, thought process goes that way that okay if he wants to have this only her it's fine because at least he started right so that respect has to be given to the per- person so it can be slow and sweet and then i have seen people changing in my experience drastically it's it's so nice to hear you talking about the fact that you're going to provide that ongoing support to your patients mm-hmm. what i've found a lot of patients who are resistant to change in my clinic i can provide the best nutrition advice to them that they're ever going to get mm-hmm. but if they're not ready to take that advice and to do the hard work mm-hmm. and make the changes themselves they're not going to get better. Yes. And I would say that there would be many clinicians out there who also run into this problem. Mm-hmm. And what I've found in my clinic is that working closely with someone like a good counselor or a good psychotherapist or psychologist mm-hmm. who can also work on taking those blocks away mm-hmm. that are preventing that client from healing, uh, once that's been taken care of, and they start doing your dietary recommendations they get better really quickly so it's that psychological block um that i think is a is a big factor when we're trying to treat our clients absolutely and it sounds it sounds like ayurvedic medicine provides that as part of the therapy yes that's what ayurveda is manas rog manas is something the so in ayurveda all these pancha mahabhutas you can't see that you are made up of air or earth or akash or uh, fire right all these are manas part of it like when when you your dna right like that not actually dna but purush purush means for us the basics the inner side of a human being so if you come to india we do namaste right so namaste means that we we uh, there is a verse we call in vedanta that's called brahma aham brahmasmi which means that inside me there is the uh, highest god residing so brahma means the world the world creator of the world so inside every human being we 
think that we we uh, we really uh, respect that in every human being there is the supreme lord sitting and when we say namaste we are saying uh, we are bowing to that supreme power that i bow before you namah means to bow te means you so i bow before you because it's the supreme power who is sitting in front in in you so that's how the 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 inner world works for us so microcosm and macrocosm we need to take care of both and as you asked before also do we work on mind body and soul both yes we do the um internal power yes. or the the god that you were mentioning that is inside mm-hmm. every single one of us mm-hmm. is that the thing that makes us heal yes that's we uh, we believe that this is something the in, not god but the power that is making so ayurveda's concept of human being is that this human being which you are seeing is as a doctor in front of me as a patient is the small part of the macrocosm the world that is there out so if the energies are balanced between macrocosm and microcosm and you see this uh, this as coming in one line then only you can start healing and for that the first step is that you realize that you are presently here and you are ready to do something which you never did or which you want to do so what i want for my health is important and that is why i give them time and to understand that okay this is the process these are the herbs you can feel better but do you want to change if they say yes then i go with many things so that's how uh, the treatment is so what causes disease in ayurvedic medicine because in western medicine we always think about the takeaway food and the alcohol and the cigarettes and we say that that causes oxidative stress and inflammation in the body and therefore it um will lead to disease is it a similar thing in ayurvedic medicine or is it more the imbalance of the doshas that you were talking about before so uh what you're saying is exactly uh, what we think that outer factors so extrinsic causes and intrinsic causes so these are what you mentioned is uh, the fast food and all uh, other influences outer influences change in environment changes stress levels change in eating patterns change in uh, sleep patterns all these things talking loud even talking loud laughing out too much crying too much everything has an impact on the body and these changes the uh, doshas of the body and since they create the disease so these extrinsic or causes that can change the the balance of these threes will cause a disease in forward in in future so like we say if you are uh, talking out loud too much like every day you are talking loud right which is if in a modern medicine it is a sign of signs uh, sorry it, it's a sign of stress and anxiety sometimes right maybe you need to talk loud sometimes but not always so if you are anxious you will try to have your defense mechanism not telling people that okay i'm 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 in fear so you will talk loud so these people who talk loud they change their vata dosha and their pitta goes up and there the imbalance come and the blood pressure change and the oxidative stress starts so if you see the uh, the causes are extrinsic causes but the doshas are causing the disease in ayurveda and oxidative stress is causing the disease in uh, natural medicine so if you can it's it's a broader aspect of prospect of seeing it that uh, we go to the dosha level and uh, uh, natural doctors they go on to the stress level but i see it as quite quite near to each other not all but yes quite near with everything you've been mentioning mm-hmm. dr pernamer about the diet interventions using herbs changing the lifestyle changing the mindset doing work with the nervous system and the uh, whole body essentially is what you're trying to treat it's a very holistic form of medicine yes ayurvedic medicine must be wonderful 
when you're treating or managing clients who have chronic health conditions? Yes, they have amazing effects. In my practice, I have uh, like, like patients are one thing, but people who who are uh, regular in their lifestyles also, they are good, uh, de- leading a good life. With them, if we give them some support on their immune system or some herbs for their um, natural uh, uh, body's flora, like ashwagandha. So these things are supportive for the body. So these have a wonderful effect. Yes, you're right. Just while you've mentioned ashwagandha. Mm-hmm. It's a herb that typically gets used quite a lot in Western herbal medicine, and we would call that an adaptogenic herb, which mm-hmm. helps people, their, their entire body, yes. uh, cope with stress, essentially. It's a whole body tonic. Uh, how do you look at ashwagandha from an Ayurvedic medicine perspective? What would you generally use it for? So ashwagandha for us also is adaptogenic. Uh, but ashwagandha has uh, been proven to be a very good uh, uh, aphrodisiac also and uh, which provides the uh, improvement to nervous system. It's a wonderful nerve, nervine tonic. So that's how we use ashwagandha. For me, I have seen in ashwagandha that if I add ashwagandha with certain uh, herbs like shatavari, or certain herbs like Bilwadi Churna, which is an um, uh, uh, Indian herb. So it it increases the effect because it's an adaptogen. It helps the other herbs also to work. So people who are suffering from chronic diseases, uh, in many of the formulations that I give them, ashwagandha is one part of it. Yeah, it seems to be a bit of a um, staple in the clinics that I've worked in, it mm-hmm. gets prescribed a lot because it just seems to be so effective. Yes, it is. Indeed. One of my favorites. So I want to talk to you a little bit about how Ayurvedic medicine can be used in chronic disease management a little bit more because the previous conversation that I've had with you, you were talking about dealing with clients who are quite ill mm-hmm. and you're actually able to restore uh, some of their health and improve their quality of life quite significantly. And it seems that, you know, the work that you're doing is working because you're now attracting clients from all over the world uh, coming to you for treatment for, for mm-hmm. chronic health conditions. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I'll answer this with, a, a, with an example. So there was one client who had uh, carcinoma of abdomen. I would not, na- not name it as, as because then uh, it will be difficult. But uh, carcinoma abdomen, of uh, uh, which was having many adhesions. So laparoscopically, first we removed, uh, the, the doctors removed the adhesions and the patient was given chemotherapy and she was okay. After being done with the chemotherapy, she came to me in 2011, yes, 2011. And she said, doctor, I have had this thing and this laparoscopy has been done and everything. Now they say I am uh, cancer free and I just need to go for tests periodically one year. And, but I see that this has chances of recurrence. So what can you do for me so that I don't get a recurrence of this thing again? I don't get a cancer patch again in my abdomen. And this uh, patient particular, with God's grace, it's still today. And yesterday I got her uh, CA-125 done. And uh, she's fine within limits. No cells of cancer seen, like uh, the no addition seen, no cancer growth is there so she's doing fine so what did i do what i did was i first did with her consultations saw how the body is working what is the dosha which is imbalanced when we talk about cancers there are these are angiogenesis we all know in modern practice but for us this is a this is a, a growth of all three doshas together So we have to say when three doshas come together, then these kind of growths come. And these doshas, when they are together, one can be 
predominant factor, but all three can be seen in this. So all the symptoms you will see, and then it's a very, uh, you know, uh, vigilant uh, of the doctor or how he takes the consultation. So what I did was I went with her every 15 days consultation. So I did not do one consultation, one go. First, I talked about her. What are the symptoms that she feels every day? So I noted them and then started with some herbs and then one herb or two herb I started. And then next 15 days, I said, these herbs went. What are the symptoms now? And slowly, after three to four months, we were able to make a combination where she was uh, able to experience that, okay, she is feeling good. So as I said, hita hitam sukham dukham ayustasse hita hitam. So she understood what is the sukhayu for her? What is it that is giving her uh, that uh, environment, internal environment that she is feeling fine? And from there, we started with reduced sugar. We started with more uh, uh, herbs uh, which are replenishing in their nature, which are antioxidants like haridra, like uh, uh, curcumin in modern language, uh, like herbs like ashwagandha again is one of the of them. Bilva, which is, uh, 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 I don't know whether you, Moringa, I think you know Moringa, what it is, right? Moringa was one of them. Then slowly a composition come, came up, which was good for her, which was keeping her metabolism high. So basically, end of one month, like second consultation, I was started working on her metabolism. So first we came up with the metabolism. Three months, I worked on a metabolism, her digestive system, how she is eliminating, how she is absorbing, and how our digestive symptoms are. And then slowly from there, once the metabolism was somewhere after three months in place where it was not very good, but she was better. She was feeling better. And then we went on for her. She was suffering from thyroiditis also. So we went on for those anti-inflammatory herbs also, which will work on thyroid also. Then I stopped her milk. Because milk, we know these days, it's like high on estrogen and HbA1c and everything, right? So I stopped her milk. I stopped her sugar. I stopped her uh, too much of uh, having grains. So she now takes grains once a day. One part of her uh, food is uh, steamed uh, vegetables with uh, maybe soup or no soup, but steamed vegetables with beetroots with uh, uh, some kind of uh, herbs in it, like spinach. And till today, she is following that, that her, her food is once a day grains. Other than that, all snacks and foods are of non-grainy nature. And then hydration, how she is it, her, having water. So plain water, uh, as per her body, because it was weak with chemotherapy. So what we did was her plain water was changed into a cardamom water. And once a day, a clove water. So all of these are rejuvenating herbs. These are spices. So these pep up the metabolism and they also cleanse the system. So that's how one formulation was made that, okay, this is what we will carry forward for six more months. So now, after six months, she was in a place where there was time to take, take her tests again. And we went for the tests and it, was, it came out good. So from there, we went on to uh, other, uh, then again, we carried forward from there to how she will eat, how she will exercise, how much. And then I took her into pranayama also. Started with pranayama and then slowly today, she is doing pranayama with meditation also, which is for her. She can do only 10 minutes of meditation, but she's doing that also. And her food is, I already told you how it is and the herbs. She has not missed even a single month without her, not day, but month, because day can be, it, you can miss one day or the other, but not a month. And these herbs are continuing to support her. And I can tell you that yesterday I got the tests and they are fine. So that's how was this was my journey. I hope this uh, quite goes near to your question, how I treat. Yeah. It's amazing. It's so holistic and yes. it's so specific for the patient. It's not protocol driven. No, at all. No. And that's what I love about it. Yes. So that's how I treat people. 
it's not protocol i don't believe in protocols actually i believe in people it seems the way that a lot of natural medicine is going now is this protocol based form of uh, healthcare and um i think we're losing a lot of what makes what we do so potent and and so special yes because we're getting away from actually looking at our patient listening to what their body's telling us and we're just giving this label of, oh, it's cardiovascular disease, therefore we must give X, Y, and Z. This is Mm -hmm. how you treat everyone with cardiovascular disease. Mm -hmm. But no one's arrived at having cardiovascular disease the same way. Right. Everyone's arrived at having this condition from different contributing factors. So therefore, the treatments must be different for each person. Yes. And the other thing that I was really impressed by what you were saying is it's almost like the body has, well, we know the body has this remarkable ability and capacity to heal itself. Mm-hmm. And all we have to do is give it what it needs and then sort of get out of the way a little bit and watch it do its work. Yes, that's what it is. That's what my firm belief is that I am no one to heal your body. What I can do is I can support and for your body. You are the best person who judges what it is good, what it is that is bad, and I can help. So if you are ready, I am there. If you are not, there there are many doctors. Absolutely. I mean, you can't be everything to every patient, but the work that you're doing sounds like you're integrating really well. So you're not trying to take the place of other um, forms of medicine. It's just integrating so well and you're being so holistic and it's inspiring me because I feel like in some aspects I've lost touch with a lot of the traditional aspects of uh, of, um, natural medicine and it seems like Ayurvedic medicine is still um, you're still practicing in a way that's very true to its roots yes I'm practicing what my teacher told me to do. He always said, he, he was, uh, when I was in college, he always said that people are practicing because they want to sell herbs. Don't practice that. Don't sell supplements. Do what you want to do. Do because you respect the person in front of you. Your respect for humanity is the doctor within you. And I took that from day onwards, that day. That's what I'm doing. How do you find now that you've had to do some work online, Mm -hmm. uh, how do you find that that's affected your practice? Do you find it still as as effective uh, seeing someone online as it is face-to-face with Ayurvedic medicine? Uh, I would say, honestly, people miss their doctor being there because it's the touch, you know. When I am there, they talk to me and they feel better. And also since I am a Nadi Vaidya, so my guru, uh, my teacher, he taught me how to go deep into the pulse. I am a pulse reader. So that's what my patients miss. That, okay, doctor, you won't be seeing my pulse today because you are online. I said, But then I tell them that, okay, it's fine that I don't see your pulse because I can ask you the questions related to it. So, yes, it has become questions, more of the questions, and uh, then understanding and going more de- into more detail so that I don't miss anything. But, yes, I can see my patients, they miss me being there. Yeah, that I must be honest on that. But still, we are, they all are there, and uh, they, they love me. So their love is what making these this sessions, these uh, these this going on so yeah no complaints good good to know new things so with ayurvedic medicine it is the traditional form Mm -hmm. of medicine in india when did or do you know when ayurvedic medicine started to um fall out of fashion or has it fallen out of fashion in india or is it still very much used by the wider population I think uh, there are two aspects of this question. Ayurveda, if I talk about the basics of Ayurveda, they are our grandma's things. So they are there in our system. They never went off. 
we stopped acknowledging them because we went into that pill uh, culture where i have headache you give me pill right and i am fine but our grandmothers they still have those things that when we cook indian curries when we uh, 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 make foods which are very heavy in nature we put garlic we put ginger we put so many herbs in that garam masala is one of the herbs com- uh, spices combination so the basics never went out of indian society even today but we stopped acknowledging but uh, in between but now i would say that it is coming up very very well and people are started uh, acknowledging it and it's it's a part of medicine today in ayurveda uh, ayurveda people they are uh, they are the doctors they are working more than before and it's coming up so i i don't see that it's like uh, not used now but yes in between there was a phase when we forgot but now uh, it's 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 good it is coming up and doctors like me who have a different approach because the base was that ayurvedic doctors are very stubborn they don't they have so many do's and don'ts and they don't want to change that was the problem but i think i know a few people who are working in this field very nicely very well and uh, for me i have evolved in a way where uh, incorporated other things also in ayurveda which are modern and uh, it has worked very well for me so people don't see it as a ancient science it see they see it as a medical system so uh, yeah and indian indian culture has all the spices even our tea has uh, when we make tea there is uh, ginger or there is something or uh, when our small children drink milk some fennel is put into the milk because it's digestive so these things are always there they were always there they never went to curcumin turmeric in every every indian curry and vegetable curcumin is added right it never went off it's just that people stopped yes giving it credit yes or paying attention yes. to it or or realizing that you were doing these things and they were medicine and they were traditions yes uh, but you just forgot yes and it's very similar to what's happened here in australia with our um, natural medicine and complementary medicine industry as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel that it fell out of favour for quite some time, mm-hmm. and only I would say in the last twelve months, it's really started to gain momentum again, and people are now turning more towards natural medicine. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it makes me happy to hear that people are starting to come around um, to that traditional form of medicine again. I think. We need it. We can't yes. lose this information, and people need to have access to it. Absolutely, we we can't lose it because that's what we were made up of as children, as our ancestors. And how can we, if we forget our roots, we are nowhere. So that's what is happening. So if we come back to our roots, uh, these viruses and these immune system problems, they will reduce on their own. So yeah that's something you are doing a wonderful job i must say this i'm so impressed what you're doing is what we need and uh, i'm i'm so happy to be part of this really means a lot oh thank you dr panema I, i just want to spread information to people and i want to open people's minds and open people's hearts and it's only possible with people like yourself who are willing to give up your time and your expertise to come on and and talk to me. So I appreciate you being here just as much as you appreciate um, being here as well. So it's mutual. So kind. Thank you. Before we uh, wrap up today, I want to ask you, what do you, what's your vision for Ayurvedic medicine? What do you want to achieve with it over sort of the next five to ten years? Because you're obviously heavily involved. Um, do you want to see it in every single clinic around the world? Do you want to see it gain that much popularity, or do you want it to be something that is more of a niche uh, where people who truly want to learn and, and master the art get access to it? 
um, or do you think it can become more mainstream? What are your thoughts around that? Uh, to answer your question, uh, I will go back to Ayurveda and how it is. about. I, as, as I already told you, Ayurveda is herbs, food, lifestyle, mind. And the one part of Ayurveda is the body, the Ayurveda Panchakarma therapies. So there is a process in that. So if I talk about Ayurveda reaching to people, it will be that application of Ayurveda, which which is Panchakarma, which are the therapies like Abhyanga and all those oil therapies that Ayurveda does with medicated oils. But talking about, uh, do I need uh, want it to be mainstream for everyone? I really am, in my vision, I am selective. I want to teach Ayurveda to people who are really into it, who want to practice it to help people. Because it is a new beginning, as you as you already said, in few few months, before few months, we were ignorant of what life is going and where life is going. Now, starting from here, five years, I want to teach Ayurveda and Ayurvedic basics and Ayurvedic principles to people who can take it forward from there. And the applications, which are the therapy part of it, they can be there in every clinic, which is... Uh, the depression is one of the largest uh, coming up uh, problems in, in the world. So Ayurveda has so wonderful therapies, amazing therapies, which can help in that. So we can use that those therapies in that area where it reaches every clinic. But for people who want to follow it, who want to learn it, there has to be a niche. So I think to answer your question, it will be both ways. It reaches the people in a simplest way and it reaches its target teachers in a, in a, uh, uh, in a form of science. That is, these are two aspects that I really want to work from five years onwards, five years from here. So maybe one day this will happen. You're so good at answering my questions. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I hope. So you, it's really about letting the results speak for themselves and people will feel that and they will talk about it mm-hmm. and the word will spread. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of more clinicians being aware of Ayurvedic medicine and the things that it can do for people. Yes. We all are, like I say always, this medical parallelism, parallelism is something we do. We go hand in hand with the conventional medicine. But all the complementary medicine doctors, they are our team. It's not that I am Ayurveda, I am different, you are naturopath, you are different. We all are aiming at the same thing and that is educating people who really want it. Not make it uh, as it was earlier. Does the sense right? Well, I mean, I think the point you're making there about being able to educate people um, is the most important aspect of health because if you educate someone to take care of themselves and eat properly and cook their own food and exercise and Mm -hmm. do all the things that they need to do that is conducive to health, essentially, um, they won't get sick or when they do get sick, it won't be as severe. So we can have all these other things around health that will be useful, but education is really the true preventative medicine. Mm-hmm. With you, all uh, whatever you are saying is so true. And without that, we won't reach anywhere. Yeah, we often forget, I think, with a lot of what we do in practice, it seems very reactive and it seems very responsive Mm -hmm. to try and treat something that's already happened Mm -hmm. and i don't often see many clinicians focusing on true preventative medicine yes there's many clinics who say oh we we treat this or we can help manage this or this or this but where are the clinics that are marketing themselves around well we can help to prevent you from getting sick it doesn't seem like Mm -hmm. There's much of that around. I don't know if you're seeing much of that where you are. Yeah, I am. And uh, let me answer this with an example. So what I tell people who are suffering from uh, cancer, 
so they say that we have done the chemotherapy and now we are free for free of cancer the my answer for them is you are today free from cancer right very good but how can you uh, forget your body that had this that couldn't find that once it, it sorry it didn't fight the common cause that caused the cancer earlier and you developed the disease because we are going through autophagy every day and every day we are fighting cancer it is the cells which conquer our autophagy and they become cancer so which means the body is the same so once you are out of that thing it is a good chance that you can train you can nourish you can rejuvenate your body so that it it identifies the autophagy in itself and heals itself and this is a continuous process it is not that you are out of cancer you are declared that your tests are okay and you are you don't need to do anything actually this is a good time to come back but uh, uh, yeah uh, but people people take it very very um, they say no the cancer is off and we are fine but i may uh, if i take this opportunity to say i have seen people coming back after 3 4 years and saying doctor please i'm i'm back to that square one and i i would really feel bad so now it has come to a point where when i say that okay this is your good time to come back to your own self they really acknowledge it so that has paid but this is something we need to convey the body has not changed you have to rejuvenate it after whatever you experienced that's exactly right and that i think is one of the major points that we're forgetting um not just with cancer but with any chronic disease any chronic disease um it it will come back if you haven't addressed what is causing it what the underlying cause is the contributing factors whether it be your diet your lifestyle the environment you're living in unless you've addressed that it will come back so you know it's it's a shame to hear that there are patients who do have to come back and and see you because we never want that mm-hmm. we just want our patients to get better and you know it, it's a good thing if we're not seeing them um, yes. too often that's But a nightmare yeah it's that it, it is and it's it's the education i, I think that's really missing there so i'm glad to hear that your for education and that it is a part of the healing modality of ayurvedic medicine. Yes, absolutely. It is. Dr. Purnima, is there anything that you would like to discuss in conclusion this evening or is any final points you would like to make? The only thing I want to say is today is the time that we go back to our roots. We go back to ourselves and try to heal ourselves positively by thinking what is right what is wrong and not going by the fads by the uh, prescriptions or by the otcs so this is the high time that we take care of ourselves because if we do that we are doing good for our children we are going doing good for our world and that is what for me a doctor's main aim is to help people to help them understand that they can heal yourself and they can heal their self themselves but wellness is your own responsibility it's not that the doctor gives you pill and because of that pill you went uh, well it is you who have to take the responsibility for yourself and we are there to help always but first is first and that is you you are important and that will be my concluding statement that you are important uh dr pinema what's the best way for people to get in contact with you whether they want to find out more about ayurvedic medicine or the work you're doing or maybe they actually want to have a consultation with you how do they contact you yes so sure. how, uh, how i do it is they inform me through email that they want to do uh, do a consultation or understand or learn something about ayurveda so they set up a uh, they send me an email we set a time on zoom call or skype call whatever is available and then we go through uh, the consultation or the education what they need and that should be at least uh, like uh, in a given time one hour is what i uh, do a consultation for 
but that depends on how they want but yes uh, you have you could, they can send me an email and then we can decide how we can talk on any media that we have available okay and uh, what's the best email address for people to contact you on so they can contact me on siddhanta.purnima at the rate gmail.com so for everyone listening i'm going to post up Dr. Panima's email address in the show notes if you would like to get in contact with her. Dr. Panima, it's been really nice speaking with you and I feel like I've had my mind opened up to so many more possibilities and you've actually really inspired me now to get more in touch with the traditional aspects and getting back to the roots of natural medicine. So for that, I Thank you. And I'm sure that there's many people listening who have uh, been very impressed by what you've had to say. So thank you for coming on the show. I hope that we can get you back on here at some time in the future. Sure. Thank you very much for having me in this show. And I really enjoyed and I respect what you are doing. It's so much good for the humankind. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you have any questions or comments, head on over to humanly.com slash podcast and join the discussion. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and become part of our growing community of like-minded health professionals. Until next time.